Let's meet Santiago Castillo Pino, VP at Sigrun Partners. Today, we'll follow his journey as a young man from Ecuador who discovered the CFA charter and realized that finance can be a powerful force for good. Santiago, let's chat. Tell us about your background. I know your father shaped your work ethic. How did he do that? Well, I'm originally from Guayaquil, Ecuador. Spent most of my, my life there. I am, uh, have over the three siblings. All of us are uh, in different fields. And uh, particularly in my case, childhood, I think that what ultimately led me to go into the finance industry is that I saw early on how my father started like a shrimp business when I was little. I saw him working uh, very hard and I saw that even though he had a lot of uh, business acumen, some part of the um, the financial acumen he got to know throughout his journey as an entrepreneur and not from the outset. It sounds like you grew up with a front row seat to your father as he learned the ins and outs of business, finance, and entrepreneurship. And this led to your own curiosity about a career in finance. Did you know you wanted to go into finance right away? Uh, When I was in university, I always knew that I wanted to go into the business field, but not exactly in which one. I studied in Ecuador. The school I went to is called Universidad Tecnica Federico Santa Maria, which is a Chilean university. It used to be one of the campuses in Ecuador, but I liked, first of all, the education was from Chile as well, so I could have a more regional sense from a business perspective, not only from Ecuador. When I was going to start university, I wanted to go first into economics to get a more broad sense of how not only businesses work, but of macroeconomic work. Then I thought about getting a little bit more into import and exports, like more of a international trade mindset and, and degree. I figured that the best thing for me to do was going to the Bachelor of Business Administration degree. And from that way, I could have like a more broad sense of business. And then if I wanted to uh, specialize in a certain field, whether it's economics or, or international trade, I could go into more in-depth. While Santiago was finishing up his undergraduate degree, he found an opportunity to start working at a commercial bank. In the risk department. So that gave me a sense of how the economy worked, at least in the country. And I was able to get a like get my feet wet in the business world and not just like theoretical throughout the university. So after being a couple of years working there, I wanted to get a more international perspective. So I decided to, I wanted to do a a master's degree. And at that point in time, I didn't know exactly which one I wanted to do. At first, what I considered, I I thought I was going to do was uh, do a master's in uh, statistics and econometrics. But ultimately, the same reasoning that I had before when I joined the university, I repeated it. So instead of narrowing the, the field too much by going into statistics and econometrics, I decided to pursue an MBA. So I applied several business schools and I ended up in Barcelona. It was in 2012. And it was my first time in Europe, actually. So I just like got there a week before the MBA started and it was like a, a, to a new world for me. I was the only Ecuadorian at, the, at my class. So it was quite interesting. I studied there for two years. I actually exchanged to Michigan for one term, which is kind of a different perspective. It was really good. 
So you moved to Spain to study abroad and in the middle of that program spent a semester in the United States. What was that one semester like? I got there. I was very excited to be able to take some finance courses and get like the U.S. perspective of stuff. And uh, the day before starting the fall term when I was there, I had a, a, an accident. We ride a bike and I fractured my collarbone, my, my elbow and my hand. So it was really awful. I had to have a cast. I was not able to, to move my arm so much. But the next day I went, I went to a school. I had to have some friends like help me out with a backpack and moving around the different classes to get there. When I, and I, at first I kept on thinking like, I'm not going to be able to make the most out of it because of this situation that's like out of my hands. But at the same time, that kept me thinking like, if I'm able to get through this, I'm, I'm sure that, that this will make me a more resilient person. So I tried to, to get like my recovery in order to get it as speedy as possible. And then I started doing more stuff. So one of the things that I did is like, I'm gonna try to help out in the finance courses, if I'm able to, as much as possible. So when I was able to move a little bit more, I was taking, I remember, a course in valuation, company valuations. And uh, I asked the professor of the course if I could be a teaching assistant because he was looking for a teaching assistant. And uh, at first, we didn't know if that would be possible because usually teaching assistants are the ones that have already taken the courses and finished them. But in my case, I was taking the courses at the same time that I would be a uh, teaching assistant. So we had a chat and he had an internal chat and it was approved. So I started being a teaching assistant for evaluation while taking the course and while recovering for all this. And I wasn't at that point in time, I thought, okay, if I'm able to do this, what, what more can I do? Like what, what other things? This sounds like you're pretty resilient and overcame some major obstacles. What made you want to do more? Or dare I ask, what other things did you do? I joined a rock band. I felt like I was living a, a double life. During the, the week, I was an MBA student and a teaching assistant. And for, for the weekend, I was uh, part of a rock band and, and playing at certain venues. I, I would say one of the things that I like most is to see like the people in my courses and the classes and the different aspects of their lives, not only inside the classroom or talking about like finance, but talking about the, their lives and their interests and what they like, what they don't like. So. One of the things that I took the most out of the experience of being abroad is to learn that at the end, we are all human and business. It's also basically about human interactions. So it's not as sometimes finance is thought about like a certain range of formulas and numbers and things that you always get right. And thinking that everyone is 100% rational and the market is, is, is rational, but you have to think about that. I think some finances in every other industry it's basically based on human interactions. And we as humans also have like things that make us happy and things that uh, we are afraid of. And, and we have different thoughts and different opinions. And we act on impulse sometimes. We Sometimes we think about more throughout a certain idea. So I, I would say that it, it gives you a, like a, a more a holistic perspective. And that's what I love about my experience not only in, in Michigan as I exchange with the whole aspect of being abroad. That is a great lesson to learn, that finance is much more than just numbers. 
It's about human interactions. It can be a force for good in people's lives and impact society in many ways. After your semester in Michigan, you went back to Spain to finish up your MBA program. Did you have any other career impacting experiences during this time period? In between the first and second year of the MBA, I was able to do a, a summer internship in a boutique investment bank. After I finished the MBA, I wanted to stay in Spain, but unfortunately at that point in time, the, the country in itself was not in a very good shape after the financial crisis. After several years of studying and interning abroad in Spain and in the United States, Santiago returned home to Ecuador, where he worked in the finance industry for the next three years. But his heart was still in Spain. Over the years, he kept in close contact with the investment bank that he had done his internship with in Madrid. When he heard they had an opening, he jumped at the chance to move back. That happened in 2017, so almost five years or more than five years ago. I would say that one of the most significant differences between Ecuador and Spain is here you have a more international, I, w- I wouldn't say only perspective, but also the, the relationship that you have with people. Because when, when you're in Ecuador, you have a lot of uh, interaction with uh, within the country and sometimes with the U.S., which, which is our major trade uh, partner uh, as a country, let's say, in Ecuador. But here in Spain, you have a lot of uh, exposure to other countries in the European Union. So that gives you a lot of different idiosyncrasies. So you, you can, what I learned, what I like so much about being here in Spain is that you can actually learn from people here in Spain, not only Spaniards, because, but, but also from Latin Americans and uh, people from all over the world that come here. This is like a, a, a hub or the entrance hub for Europe, in the Western part of the world. And also uh, you have a lot of exposure, at least in my industry, to other countries and the people from other countries, such as uh, Germany, France, the UK. So uh, you you can actually learn about from the culture. You are able to become a more open-minded person and able to learn how you can improve the things or how you can shift paradigms that you might have in your head just by talking with everyone else. Working in Spain has given you such an amazing global experience. At what point did you become aware of the CFA Charter and why did you decide to pursue it? I made friends with a lot of people from all over the globe and uh, I got to know that some of them uh, were CFA charter holders. So I I became very interested about it when I started uh, researching it. And uh, I asked them about their own journey getting to become a CFA charter holder. So the, the first thing that they told me is like it's very tough and you have to like put your, your mind into it and you have to like be sure that it's something that would be a good fit for you. It's not only that you're gonna do like an MBA or, or a master's degree, but you have to like put a lot of hours into it and you have to, to know if it's it will be of a benefit for you. So I I start I kept on researching about it. I soon I saw that it would be a a really good asset for me to to pursue it. And the more that I researched about the CFA uh, charter, I liked it even more so because of the the amount of the broad content that I was going to be able to, to get as knowledge and the in-depth that you would get into each one of the subjects. Now that you have both an MBA and a CFA charter, can you talk a bit about the differences you experienced between the two? The MBA, have given me the opportunity to get to know a lot of people uh, in, a, in a business setting 
get to know how different cultures, different people think about the same issue and how you can learn from them, not, not to make mistakes in itself, but how you can improve what your, your rationale or your thinking uh, pattern would be. Would be. Uh, I would say what you get the most out of it is the contacts that you make from the MBA and how can you apply them in a, in a business setting. The difference with the CFA is that I would say the CFAs go more in depth within, of course, the financial aspects and courses that you do. And one of the things that I think is the most important of the financial industry, which is trust. It puts a lot of weight and importance into ethics and a lot of thinking about your clients and, and building that rapport and building the trust. I remember when I was uh, some years back interviewing for a position and I remember I got uh, several questions, asked about several questions about the CFA charter, but I did not get any questions about the MBA, which I found interesting because the breadth of courses that you may take in the MBA are a lot more extensive than the ones that you take in the CFA. But given that you are I'm pursuing a career in, in the financial services industry, the CFA charter is viewed even higher than an MBA. Do you have any words of wisdom to share with all the candidates out there currently enrolled in the CFA program? Well, yeah, okay. So for from the from the CFA charter, one of the things that uh, the challenges that I had is for the, the, the my work that I had in the curriculum, I had to to be able to put it in place while I was studying for it and I was working at the same time. So you can imagine a lot of trial and error comes from it. And uh, I, I define it one of the, the most interesting ways or the most efficient ways to go about it was to try to study before like starting my day for, like, for work and stuff. So I remember uh, getting up around 5.30 or 6 a.m. studying for two hours and then go, going about my day. And uh, I mentioned this not only for the CFA in itself, but I think it's that will in, improve the way that I was thinking because it's very different to try to go about your day and at the end of the day, okay, I'm going to focus on this right now because a lot of things can, can happen. You probably, you might be too tired to study for it or there are some sort of plans or you have to stay for longer at work or some other things in life happens. So it's easier to have some a little bit more control for things before the day starts. And uh, I've been applying it not only for the CFA studying of the curriculum and for the courses, but also in life itself. Every time I want to, to get things like grounded and feel comfortable, like moving forward, I try to think about it uh, at the first thing during the day, even, at, even before having breakfast, just like sitting down thinking, how can I go about my day? What can I improve for the next things? How can I prioritize? And in that way, I am more efficient like executing things. I got this training from studying for the CFA. Santiago, your story was one of courage, resilience, and realizing the impactful force of good that the finance industry can be. You also helped our audience realize that finance is a very human industry. People might not tend to think that, but at the end of the day, finance is linked to humans and progressing humanity. Well, thank you very much as well. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Santiago. Thank you. With that, this wraps up season one of My Charter Story. We are looking for unique stories for season two. If you have a story to tell, please email us at podcast at cfainstitute.org. We'll see you next season.